0: Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Narthex. My name is Alyssa Guberell and I'm here today with Pastor Jeff Thune and Pastor Lucas Hattenberger of Northwest Bible Church. Every other week we sit down to discuss how the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks to the questions and conversations of today. And this week we are discussing something very timely. We're talking about the theology of Advent. Advent is a word that kind of gets thrown around at this time of year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've gotten through Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas decorations have already been in stores for months, right? Yes. Um, but here we are, we're into December and we're talking about Advent. So what is Advent?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It does kind of get thrown around a lot. Probably as assumed that um, especially Christians kind of know what we're talking about when we use that. Terminology or that language, so maybe it's good to start kind of by defining the terms, so to speak, on this podcast. Um, Advent actually comes from the Latin word Adventus, um, which literally means arrival or coming. So you think of, um, kind of the ceremony of an emperor's formal arrival into a city, um, and just all the pomp and circumstance and celebration. Surrounding that. And of course, in the Christian tradition, um, it refers to the period of preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ into our world. So in a sense, we're saying Jesus advented 2000 plus years ago, and we are, in fact, celebrating that um, as well as everything leading up to that. Um, So clarification, Advent is related to Christmas Um, but is not itself Christmas. It's a preparation for Christmas, not Christmas itself.
0: Yeah. So why do we celebrate Advent then, and why do we talk about other seasons for that matter?
1: Yeah, so this
2: is the the point in the podcast where Lucas, the nerd, comes in to give us some liturgical
1: background. He's a friendly (laughs) nerd, though. He's friendly. (laughs) Uh, You know, it depends on who you talk to. Well-groomed.
2: Well, uh, that also depends on who you talk to. But if you remember our first podcast, the the uh, theology of the gathering, we, talk, we talked about the liturgy of the church service. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we might think on a micro level and a macro level. So the church service historically has had kind of this ordering and that's what we're trying to do uh, it, at Northwest. Uh, we're trying to give some order to the, uh, to the service that is kind of in a way shaping the story of redemption. It's shaping the story of Jesus's death and resurrection, uh, it's shaping the story of our own salvation. On a macro level, we also have what, you know, so you have the the liturgy of the church service, but then we also have the liturgy of the church year. Mm. And so Advent is one aspect of um, a larger <clears throat> church uh, liturgical year. And the church year actually begins with Advent. Mm. And uh, so if, if you look at the, the ordering of the church year, it, it begins with Advent which uh, you're right, Jeff. Where I, th- I feel like we'll probably be saying this over and over again, but Advent is not Christmas. Mm. Um, Christmas is actually the 12 days. Uh, um, most of you uh, know that that song, "The 12 Days of Christmas," um, starting with December 25th and then a- uh, uh, ending uh, in January with the uh, the Feast of the Epiphany. And so, but it begins with Advent, which is is a time of preparation, of looking forward to the coming of Jesus, the coming of the King, like you said. And it was, it was kind of a Roman Emperor Caesar term that mm-hmm. Jesus sort of co-opted yeah. and said, no, I'm, I'm the real Lord. I'm right. the one that's coming. After that is Christmas, which is sort of the birth of Christ. And then what is called the epiphany, which is the, uh, the showing of Christ, the revelation of Jesus, um, to the, uh, to the Magi. Then there is uh, Lent, which is the period of preparation. It's Lent is like Advent in the sense that it's, prepara- it's the time of preparation, but it's preparation for the cross. Mm-hmm. So then uh, after Lent is uh, the Tritium, what is called the Tritium, which is the the three days of... Um, so there's there's Good Friday, then there's the burial, and then there's Easter. Um, and then finally there's Pentecost, and then after that uh, there's also a time called Ordinary Time. But if you can see, it kind of tracks the story of Jesus. It tracks the story of God's salvation of his people. And essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to do on a macro level what we do each Sunday on a, on a micro level, which sure. is sort of situate ourselves in the story of redemption, situate ourselves in the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a book that, that we like here uh, called Ancient Future Faith. Um, or no, this, this one's another one called Ancient Future Time. But uh, Robert Weber, he calls this, he's a theologian, he calls this Christian year spirituality, which is basically, hey, I'm letting the The annual calendar of the church that uh, they've celebrated this for thousands of years. I'm letting it shape me. Sure, I'm letting it sort of position me. And so he says, Christian year spirituality is nothing less than the calling to enter by faith into the incarnation, life, and ministry, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So that's kind of what the the the, the Christian year is all about. And um, it, it's also one one last thing before we move past this. It's also modeled off of the Jewish. Uh, annual calendar, mm. so the Jewish people had a, an annual calendar centered around Passover. So Passover is sort of like our Easter. Mm. Um, it's It's their celebration of of redemption and from Egypt, but they also had this big calendar that that went over a, a year and and even several different uh, celebrations that went over uh, different periods of years. So the whole point is just to recenter ourselves, restore ourselves through this big thing and advent is is the beginning of that of that calendar year yeah Yeah.
1: it's good it's good
0: so with that background set then we're going to talk today about the purpose of advent Mm -hmm. and why we do advent so yeah maybe take a step back and what's even the benefit of celebrating special days or times to begin with so Mm -hmm. jesus is already here he's he's come so why do we need to remember
1: yeah i mean it's kind of like Hey, that happened 2,000 years ago. Yeah, Um, yeah, and you think about, okay, one, I mean, the easy answer is, like, the significance of it, right? But you think about, why do we, just in normal life, um, remember, take ourselves back to relive any sort of a moment? So, um, my in-laws were just in town, and we were kind of talking with the kids and remembering that Ashley and I, our very first kiss was at Disneyland, right? And why were we reliving that? Why were we remembering that? Um, Well, in some ways, it it kind of, for my kids, as we're talking about it, here's kind of the interesting thing. My parents' very first date was at Disneyland, right? And from that first date, they have this entire story that includes um all of these markers along the way. And so for us as kids going back and talking about, do you remember like when did dad asked you to go to Disneyland? And what what was going through your head? And what were the friends, friends of yours talking about before you went on? In a similar fashion, for my kids now, um my two daughters are kind of at the age where it's like, oh uh, boys are kind of interesting now. And but to hear how our kind of story started um, the catalyst of kind of our romance and, and engagement and marriage and their lives. Um, why do you remember things like that? Why do you, well, cause in some ways it re enlivens um, the story, right? It re enlivens the story, the experience. Um, yeah. The, the experience kind of sets the tone and, and shapes, um, shapes the story and also shapes the future. So, um, yeah in the same way, um, I think, yeah that's the reason because we're we're yeah we're in a sense re-enlivening the story, remembering what's happened, um, placing ourselves into that story, and with God's people, um, kind of experiencing what they've experienced, what we've all experienced um, in in waiting for and in and, and celebrating christ's coming um. Yeah. What would you add to that, Lucas?
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Why would we celebrate these things long two thousand years after? Why do we? Why would we have these festivals or seasons of whatever? Isn't isn't that 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 doesn't benefit us? But I I do think that um, if you look at the Bible, this is a principle that's in the Bible. Mm. Um. So I think we can all understand the idea of like an anniversary dinner or here's where mom and dad first kissed and you're kind of reliving that story and it's almost like you're reaching back
1: yeah.
2: and it's almost like time itself stands still. Mm. You know, when Andrea and I, our first date was at, was, um, at an olive garden. I know it's so romantic, <laughs> um, but when her parents lived there, we would see that olive garden mm. and we would relive that. I remember that I had, a, you know, I had a blue moon. I had breadsticks. Anyways. But we're reliving it. Okay, well, this is what the Jewish people did, and this is what the early Christians did. So the Jewish people, they would celebrate the Passover each year. They would have the same meal that their forefathers did. Mm. And when they did the Passover liturgy, what they would say is that, uh, remember what we experienced Mm. and what happened to us. Mm. Right? So we're eating this lamb, we're eating this bread, we're eating these bitter herbs to remind us of the bitterness and we're remembering what God did for me. Yeah, And you said, well, God didn't do that for you.
1: Mm.
2: Well, um, he did it for me by extension on the one hand because of my ancestors. But, but also there was this understanding that there was kind of this mysteriousness of it, that by participating in the Passover, it's almost like, again, time stands still. I'm sort of participating in the past redemption and I'm living it myself, mm. living it out myself. And so, um, it was, it was mysterious. We might even call it, you know, sacramental or something along those lines, but it sort of puts you, you in that story. And, and then what it does is it reinvigorates you to live, live that reality out tomorrow and mm. the days mm. to come. Yeah. Right? So what do you want to take?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, a couple things. So in a similar way, you know, we celebrate the lord's Supper every every week. Jesus says, "Do this in remembrance of me." Um, remembrance in the Greek meant something more than just remembering it meant reliving, participating so each week we redo this and in some sense participate in in Christ and in that dinner um to be re-energized um, to live in the present like you're you're talking about it's interesting about. Both of those, it's like, yeah, whether it's Passover or the new Passover, you know, um, those were both things that God himself said, do these, you know, you know what I mean? So there's something like, yes, mysterious, supernatural, there's there's a re-enlivening, a participating in something really soulish and deep that's happening as we do that which is why you know our maker our creator the one who created us in his image said hey remember these things you know i mean you think about as a as a, a young jewish boy or girl you know who hadn't really lived through the exodus um but your parents are like now we're doing this like this will you know, taste that you see, taste those bitter herbs that's like what slavery was like i mean just what well, that must have done, like you're saying, to their present day interaction, participation in the community of faith. You know, it's it is it reenlivens, reinvigorates. Um, so I think it is kind of important that, in, in terms of Advent, we we are practicing that p- principle. It's a biblical principle. It's a principle that God has instilled and reminds us of, and and says to remember, and so. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I I would also just say, like, um, what you—I remember the interview. I think it was during the interview weekend when you introduced the Lord's Supper. You—you didn't just refer to the past; you also referred to the future, Mm. the wedding banquet Mm. um, of the of of the Lamb, and um, and and I think that when we do these, you know, yeah, there's sort of some ritual to it. There's liturgy and all that stuff to it, but. What's happening is we're allowing the past to affect us, and then we're allowing, it's allowing us to look towards a glorious future. Yeah. You know? So what are we doing when we're celebrating Advent, when we're celebrating Christmas, when we're celebrating the Easter? These different things that are throughout the church here, we're situating ourselves in the past, we're looking back, we're remembering, um, we're, we're, we're reliving, but then it, it allows us to look forward mm-hmm. in faith to the future and what God's going to do. In the future, and so the church year is a call to remember, to participate in the past uh, life, in the past um, actions of God and His people, and then to be uh, to be sent out into the into the future with, with hope and with uh, faith. So I, I think that um, yeah.
1: Even just the practical, I mean, you think about that. I think about like Psalm one eleven. Greater the works of the Lord, they are pondered, studied by all who delight in them. Yeah. Why? Why is that important? Why does God keep saying, hey, remember these things. Um, teach your sons and daughters. Um, relive some of these past moments. It's what you're saying. It's like, because we forget, we forget the, the works of the Lord. We forget like how powerful and mighty and, um, and protective and, and provisional he is for his people. All the ways that he's carried us through these different moments Um, And so God's saying, hey, remember those and kind of almost participate in what's happened in the past um, and realize that I'm still doing that in the present and I'm going to do it and you can count on me to do it in the future. So everything I've promised in the future. um, So so in in some ways, just on a practical level, it's like he's um, yeah, he's he's emboldening and, and growing our faith in him as we remember those things and and relive them to a certain degree.
2: Yeah, I like
0: that. So then what specifically are we pondering? Are we looking back to when we celebrate Advent?
1: Yeah. um, I guess I would say the the time when God's people longed for the coming of their God to save. So remember, Advent literally means arrival, uh, which implies an arrival implies a time of looking watching and waiting for it implies anticipation so i mean think about um hey um my food has arrived well that implies that there was a time of waiting a time of hunger right or or uh when you think about um yeah that 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 package arrived, same thing, like, I've been waiting to get this new pair of cords, you know, <laughs> and Amazon finally provided, and so, it implies sort of, or or just even that person, man, they've really arrived, that, even that statement alone kind of implies there's been a process, there's been sort of this, this waiting, and they're coming into their own, and now they've matured, and they've arrived, um, so, uh, I guess in, in a sense, um what are we waiting for? What are we longing for? Simple answer is god um, it's God who comes to us it 's God who saves his people who have been stuck in sin, so in some ways, I guess there's different kind of markers in the redemptive story um and and one that you know we 're called back to is is right after um The garden and the fall and and now we've been because of our sin because of um our dismissal of god as god um we've been exiled from the garden you know and enslaved in 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 sin and and of course sin leads to death um and so there's a yeah there's a in a similar way you know um as sin first entered the world, brought guilt, shame, separation, brokenness. Um, well, also, within that, there was this seed of promise, you know? Um, Genesis 3. Um, and, and, you know, so God's preparing his people already for something. There's there's something coming. There's someone coming, the seed of the woman. Um, and so... Situating ourselves, you know, in that particular place, um, as we with God's people, kind of feel that, live that, long for that, that coming. Um, Another place, you know, another marker um, to kind of return to and and remember and kind of relive with God's people is just out of exile, um, exile in the prophets, the prophets probably more than any other section of scripture anticipate a saving arrival of, of God. So God's people are in exile. They're stuck in sin. They can't stop sinning. Prophets keep saying someone's going to come to save. Um, we've, we've taught a lot about, taught a lot on, I know Lucas, you have to just Isaiah, especially centers on the lostness of Israel. Um, she dwells in darkness, a land of deep darkness um, awaiting the salvation of God. So, um, yeah, like returning to that place, reliving that, joining God's people in there. Like you think of some of the ways um, we've done that, like even singing a song like, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Um, there's a lamenting, a longing and anticipating a kind of groaning that, um, this arrival w- would happen. And um, that's like a really, I, I don't know, there's there's something really, um, there's something really mysterious, formative about, um, yeah, just returning to that place. Um, and then, you know, that line, you know, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, um, has come to us, oh, Israel, you know. So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of both ends, you know. Um, so uh, one other, I think, kind of passage that, that speaks to this a little bit is, you know, 1 Peter um, chapter 1, where Peter says, Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So even that, it's like, hey, man, I'm joining those prophets in, okay, like this arrival, this, I'm you know, I'm joining them there, but I'm also on this side of that prophecy being fulfilled in Christ. And so kind of living that story, re-entering that story at that point, but then at Christmas, you know, celebrating Christ has come and and is here and this light has dawned, you know, that's all really, um, really, really formative, like we've been talking about. So Lucas, what else you got on that?
2: Yeah, I I, I like all that. You know, Advent is this looking forward to the the seed of Genesis 3 that, that, yes, you're exiled from the garden, but I'm going to send the Savior, and Israel's exiled, but God's going to come. Another, um, I I think, prophet we might say that's highlighted a lot in Advent is John the Baptist. Mm. And uh, John the Baptist is kind of seen as the last great Old Testament prophet, or the last Old Testament prophet in general, even though he's in the New Testament, but what is he doing at the beginning of each of the Gospels? He's in all of the Gospels. Well, what he's doing is he's preparing Israel to meet their God, Yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, he's baptizing Israelites, and what that implies is that they need to be cleansed, they need to be... Um, uh, they need to be prepared for the coming of God, and John the Baptist understood himself specifically to be preparing a highway yeah. for Yahweh to enter into the scene and to save his people. And so that that came from um, uh, the prophets. And so um, you know, and, and if you, if you remember John, uh, you know he speaks to the Pharisees who didn't think that anything was wrong with them, right? Mm-hmm. He says an axe is laid at the root. Um, one who's coming is you know greater than I, he's going to baptize you not with water, but with fire in the whole, mm. you know, so, so he's, he's trying to get God's people ready. Right. Mm. And so, um, this is what Advent is all about. It's, it's about preparing ourselves for the coming of God. Mm. And, um, uh, and, and, and so, you know, we like to think of, of Christmas as kind of this jolly season. Yeah. But Advent really is kind of a, a gloomy, and, and I say that, it's gloomy with hope, but it's it's this kind of acknowledgement that we're like Adam, we're like Israel, mm. uh, we need to be preached at by John the Baptist, uh, repent, bear fruit, uh, bear fruit uh, in keeping with repentance, and prepare to meet your God, mm. you know? Uh, God is coming, you're stuck in your sin, you... you can't save yourselves. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So you need God to come into your situation and save you from it. And so, um, you know, we like to think of, ad, uh, of Lent as sort of this penitential time. But it, Advent is kind of the same thing. It's this period of preparation, of exa- examining our own selves. Um, you know, lots of metaphors in Advent come up of darkness and light and um, all that sort of stuff. So John the Baptist, the prophets... Um, Genesis and the Fall, you know, we could probably bring in a lot more, but those are some some of the ways in which by celebrating this season we're we're placing ourselves in each of these sort of places in the biblical narrative. Yeah, and
1: it, you know, it just one of the things that just occurred to me is um in, in a similar way it's like what is that doing for us? Um why do we watch movies that have like this, whatever, hour-long, two-hour-long plot that we already know is going to cause us some emotional, um, yeah, just sorrow or re- regret or, oh, I don't, I don't want to live through this. Mm. I mean, I think of, like, It's a Wonderful Life. What a great Christmas movie, right? Well, I what my dad watching that movie, like, every year we had to watch it. You, and you go through the first, like, you know george bailey's such a great guy and all these things happen all these dark gloomy hardships trials and i, I just remember my dad kept placing him himself in the story well, what, like so that he could get to the point where okay i've i've lived all of that i've 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 put myself in that story for the last hour and 15 minutes even though i know all the ebbs and flows and details of that story turns of that story because Man, at the end of it, when, like, you know, when they're on that, he realizes my life is, is great, man. Like, I've been blessed in so many ways. I have such influence, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is, like, um, in a very similar way, that's why we—because then, as Christ comes, man, like, we relive that with God's people, situate ourselves in the story— because it man it makes the gospel that much more pronounced as good news for God's people and for us and um so just a an important sort of thing to go through every year and um commit ourselves to and resolve to um yeah to to walk relive the story I guess
0: similar in a way to like how we've in the last few years had a good Friday service because Mm -hmm. having that good Friday service, reminding yourself of the depths of your sin and how awful it was that Jesus died allows you to really celebrate on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Advent is similar in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good.
0: So we are approaching this next Sunday is going to be our first Sunday of Advent. So how do we celebrate? What's that going to look like here?
1: Celebration of Advent. Um, I'm going to steal one of Pastor Lucas's words here, the hymnody (laughs) of Advent, the hymnody of Advent, um, the hymns of Advent are songs of hope, um, looking forward to the coming of God, so, um, yeah, as we start this coming Sunday, um. We'll be singing songs like "Oh come, oh come, thou long expected Jesus." Um, "Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, come, thou long expected Jesus." Um, You know, it's describing that that longing, that expectation, that hope. Um, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, um, you know, it's it's Micah five, man. It's going back to the prophecy over this this town and what would come forth from. This one who was too too little to be among the clans of of Judah, you know. This ruler's coming. Um, what child is this? I, I love the opening question in that song. You know, what child is this? You lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping. You know, and then finally you get to the this this is Christ the King. So it's songs of longing, lament, hope. Yeah. So hymnody, songs we sing. What else, Lucas?
2: Yeah, so we sing specific songs, and then we also do sp- specific liturgical things in uh, in Advent. Specifically, we light candles. Uh, we also decorate, usually with uh, greens, and, um, and and there's reason for behind both of those. So, so first of all, with candles, um, so what we're going to do this year, and I guess we didn't do it, y'all didn't do it last year, mm. but um, we're going to uh, light over the period of five weeks was called the Advent uh, wreath. So there's a wreath and then there's four candles and then there's one candle in the middle. And the idea is that uh, each week you light one candle and it goes around in a circle until it gets to the center. So it's kind of like a swirl. Um, But there's three purple candles and then one pink candle and then one white candle. And so you can see how the darkness is slowly becoming white. Mm. Um, And the idea here is... The purple um candles represent so so there th- let me just see if I can find my notes here. each candle represents a um uh something anticipatory all right so there's there's hope uh there is um, okay, yeah, so there's hope, peace, love, and joy, mm-hmm. so each candle represents each of those four. So there's hope for God's coming. So this 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 candle is we're in darkness, we're stuck in sin. Oh, uh, come, oh come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel, mm. right? Uh, then then there's peace that you're a peace that that you know that God's going to be coming. Then there's love, which is an assurance of, that God loves you and He's He's going to save you. Then there's joy, mm. and usually. In the, uh, in the liturgies, when you read the liturgies, there's always an exclamation point after joy. Because it's almost like, oh, joy, I can see him. He, he's just right there. Mm. And uh, the pink is almost like this kind of turning. And then there's the white candle, which is called the Christ candle. Mm. And so if you look at one of the main themes in the Gospel of John is, that, is, is this idea of light. Yeah. And Jesus is the light of the world. We're, we're in the darkness of sin. The darkness cannot comprehend it, is what John says in John 1. And yet the light has overcome the darkness. Mm. And so it's this idea that with each week of Advent, the light is getting closer. Mm. And so each week, what we're going to do starting, starting this Sunday is we're going to read something and right, hope we're looking forward to the coming of God. In peace, we know that he's coming assured of his love, you know, Oh joy, we can see him coming. And then finally the Christ has, has appeared. Um, and what we do on, uh, Christmas Eve is we light the Christ candle and then everybody has done the candle lightings. But what sometimes we miss is that the light, the lighting of the candle should come from the Christ candle mm. So Christ is the light of the world who lights us up. Right. And then we become little lights and then we go out into the darkness of the world and light up the world.
1: Yeah, that, so, I, mean, I mean that's I mean that's Isaiah 9, too, right? Yeah. Like the the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Yes, yeah. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. Um yeah, I mean that's or John, you know. Yeah. Um Jesus being the light of the world. So.
2: Yeah. And and one of my favorite text in John is when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's doing it during one of the major Jewish festivals, Mm. which, uh, they were, um, celebrating and I forgot what the feast was called. Ah, man, that's going to bother me. But anyways, they were celebrating, uh, God's presence by fire, Mm. uh, to Israel at night. And so they would light up these huge torches, like way, like 30, 50 feet tall or whatever humongous. And it's during that lighting ceremony that Jesus walks into the temple and says, mm. I'm the light of the world. Mm. And it's mm. as if, hey, you see that flame of fire. Right. That's me. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's just, I think it's so such a meaningful time. Um,
1: well, yeah. I, mean, you know, I appreciate you kind of talking through the why behind that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not lighting candles because it's Jesus' birthday, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's some significance yeah, here. Sure. yeah to what we're doing and and hopefully we'll even be able to make that clear each week of advent as the candles are are present but that's i mean yeah super significant
2: yeah, yeah. and the, and then there's the, so we'll have like greens on the stage like the one behind us and the so there's the Isaiah 11 text not hmm. Isaiah 10.
1: <laughs> Don't get those confused. <laughs> we were discussing this. That's an this inside earlier. joke yeah, people.
2: I thought I could have sworn it was Isaiah 10 but anyways, a root of Jesse will sprout from the dead stump hmm. of of Israel. So Israel is this leveled stump. That's one of the themes in Isaiah is that Israel is like a force that has been leveled by Assyria and Babylon and and yet there's this little sprout that comes up. That's the hope of Jesse. Mm. Um, that's kind of what we're saying is that Jesus, by his incarnation, has now given, he's breathed life to this dead stump, this dead mm. forest. But you can also think of like um, Narnia. Um, there's that one po- point in Narnia where they're walking through the woods and they're carrying the sled. I think they're carrying some of the kids on the sled. Mm. And uh, they're not able to do because the snow is melting, mm. and they slowly see the trees, mm. and the forests are alive, and you can hear the birds chirp and mm. and it's like the the reign of the ice queen has gone has away gone gone away, yeah. yeah and um so so the idea with the greens is it's just like the reign of of the ice king right it's the god Satan is the god of this world, paul says is going away, mm. you know he his hardness has melted away, so it's kind of thats that's meaningful as well so um, but that 's not all what we we often do things in our home in our homes with our kids, so um, we asked alyssa our our gracious host to to come up with maybe a few ideas like so it 's not just a church it's not just each week but throughout the whole advent period we want to be Celebrating. So how do we do that? Yeah,
0: this isn't just a Sunday morning thing. It's it's every day. Um, And I think, too, you know, the world is giving our families plenty of messaging about this time of year. Mm. Um, Lucas, you defined Advent as preparing ourselves for the coming of Jesus. Nora is hearing the the preparing ourselves for the coming of Santa Claus. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think we have at at home the opportunity to re-story ourselves and our Mm. families Mm. um, in this time of year, in this Mm. anticipation. Um, I want that in my heart. I want that in my family's heart um, to to feel this anticipation, this excitement, this um, hope of the season. Um, So we're going to include some resources in the story notes Mm. um, and on our website. But one of my favorites, um, I really like Tiny Theologians, Mm. and they have some cards that are called the ABCs of Christmas and it um, includes some definitions of some common Christmas words, um, but also some really gospel-centered conversation prompts. Hmm. Um, and I'm excited for this year. Nora's a little bit older, so I think we'll be able to have some more conversation yeah, around some of those things. Uh, but even just you know an advent calendar or something like that that gives you a moment of every day to talk about this, to think about this, to to anticipate Jesus' is coming. Yeah. Um, so how about you guys? What have you guys done?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I think we've settled on a few kind of ways to do that, but always kind of looking for more so I'm glad we're including some some resources in the show notes and other places but um, whether it's just going to some of these scriptures that we've already referenced Isaiah nine Isaiah eleven Micah five um, you know Luke 1 and two um, yeah whether it's those and just kind of like reading them as a family with your kids and, you know, in in some ways letting the scripture prompt some of those conversations and just like, what, what do you think that means? What do you think, you know, the root of Jesse, what is that? You know? Um, yeah. Just letting them kind of give some answers or ask more questions related to that. I think also, you know, we sing a lot of Christmas songs every night um, there's one resource that I'll, I'll probably include it in the resources we offer but it's just an advent book it's 25 days and every it's a beautiful book and you open it up and there's a doorway a um, beautifully you know super creative artistic people there's a door each page and as you open the door it's I mean it's a lot of scripture that's tracking the what we're talking about tracking the the waiting the longing for the you know. Um, you know, uh, expectant sort of heart behind um, whether it's, you know, yeah, prophets or Mary or Elizabeth, Zacharias, you know. um, So I've loved that one. My kids like love pulling it out and we read one each night. So by the time you get to December 17th, you know, they're each kid is like, well, I get to open this door. I get to open this door, and and a lot of times they already kind of know what's coming and what. But it's just uh, even that, you know, that's a mini, micro version of what we're talking about with Advent, this yeah. book that they get to walk through every single year. That, um, in some ways, allows them to to relive um, some of the incredible moments leading up to Christ's coming. Yeah. How love for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think each year i've done something different so this year i actually bought one there's a new one by matt chandler and uh, i think it's i think it'll be good but what i usually look for is like a da- a daily starting you know on the first day of december 25 day sort of short something um to yeah tell that tell that story of longing of the fall of israel of the coming of jesus and all that all that sort of stuff so i think um, something something along those lines. You know, the problem is that so many of these resources, well, there's just a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so, but that's the one I bought for this year for our, for our kiddos. Um, I think Paul Tripp has a good one for adults. I think Paul David Tripp has one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine. All right. Um.
0: Yeah. So we are celebrating and remembering and welcoming Christ with the church throughout the ages. And so what is the intended effect of this? What mm. What are we hoping for comes out of Advent?
1: Yeah, I think we've already, you know, spoken to that a little bit of just, it, you know, that longing, waiting, anticipating when Christ arrives. It's like you've already prepared your heart to receive him well, you know, um, welcome him well, um, celebrate his arrival. Um, so that's obviously the, the main, um, main kind of effect. It's, it's celebrating God's redemptive work by entering into our dark world with his divine light. So in a sense, like you're, you're stepping, you know, you're walking, you know, walking through some of the darkness, um, so that you can step into that light and receive it, um, and, and feel kind of its warmth and, and the glory that, that is Christ, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that it's meant to instill in us a longing for salvation, Mm. um, you know, to which you might say, well, I've already been saved, but. I think that the idea is that we feel that all the more, right? Mm. We, we feel it in, in, a, in a whole new way, and we feel the the joy of it, you know. So, one of the Christmas hymns, um, "O Holy Night," um, it, it, so Here is the uh, first verse: It says, "O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's, Savior's birth." Long lay the world in sin and in error pining. Mm. So Advent is meant to say the world has laid long Mm. in sin Mm. and in darkness. And then it says, tell he appeared. Yeah. And the soul felt its worth. And then it says a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Mm. I love that line. The weary world rejoices. I think Advent is meant to say, here he is. He's finally, and, and now I can rejoice. Um, and and I also think, you know, at least historically, what, what the church has done is it's sort of coupled the second coming, the hope of the second coming with, the, with this Advent period because we're kind of like, we're like Israel, but also we're like Israel in the sense, so we're like Israel in the sense that we're sinners in need of salvation, we're exiled and all, all that sort of stuff, but we're also like Israel in the sense that we're looking forward to the, Second coming of Christ, right, and and um, of the consummation of His redemptive work. So, we we've we're experiencing the hope of His first coming. We experience the joy of it, but then we're saying, "And I'm I'm pining. I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, weary for the second coming." Yeah, you know. So yeah, um,
1: yeah. And that song. I mean, it's such a. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I don't know that there's a more like um yeah, a, a more creative, you know, beautiful, perfectly matched lyrically musically sort yeah. of song. you know, I mean, we, we talked about that in our second episode about just this mm-hmm. aesthetic, lyrical content, but this aesthetic kind of, you know, the, the emotion that that is gained, um, right, God word. Um, Christ-exalting emotion that, that can be gained when those two things are matched really well, you know? And I don't know that there's a better song because, I mean, really what we're saying is the effect should be worship, you know? I mean, the that line of that song, it gets you there and then fall on your knees, you know? Um, and by the time you're there, you've sung it a ton yeah. of times, by the time you're there and that music builds and hits and the lyrics say fall on your knees, like, it's what you want to yeah. do, you know? Yeah. You do... Um, want to fall on your knees. So I think the effect of, yeah, giving ourselves to this, all right, man, it's December now, and I'm going to walk through this and relive this with God's people and re-story myself um, and my family is, is just that, is to um, really celebrate, worship, fall on our knees before Jesus.
0: The goal of this podcast is to spiritually form our own people in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you're listening in from somewhere else, we hope that it has the same purpose for you. And if you have any questions or comments or ideas for future podcasts, please email them to us at podcast at northwestbible.com.
2: Welcome to In the <clears throat> My name is Alyssa Gubrill
1: <laughs> and I am here with these two idiots.
2: <laughs> also, can we just uh, take a minute, audience, audience, listeners? What, what do we call these people? Pot. <laughs> no shave November.
1: We are donating all,
2: <laughs> all of our shavings attention and to
1: your never mind i'm not
2: gonna I, I do think that we have to acknowledge that my beard is way better than yours though
0: hello and welcome to another episode of in the narthex my name is Alyssa gubrell and i'm here today with pastor jeff thune and pastor lucas hattenberger of northwest bible church every other week we sit down to discuss how the gospel of jesus christ speaks to <coughs>
2: <coughs> <laughs> didn't mean that <laughs>
1: That, my friends, was classic. (laughs) I had to clear
2: my throat.